Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you caring for someone with memory loss? Are you looking for support, information, and inspiration? Are you looking for a way to make your caregiving just a little bit less stressful? then you're going to want to subscribe to Fading Memories Podcast. We're a caregiver-to-caregiver support network where you'll hear from real experts, most of whom have been caregivers themselves. We have episodes every Tuesday. I'm Jennifer Fink, your host. My mom has early-onset Alzheimer's, and we've been on this journey for about 20 years. You can find Fading Memories on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. We were able to capture some fingerprints, but again, same as the DNA, we haven't been able to, to match that to anybody. He's probably one of the biggest considered open-hearted people that I knew, but you know, honestly, he had uh, an addiction too, right? Get the writing, we can talk. There's a possibility here that there were childhood traumas. We're trying to turn every stone to, to find evidence. This is Genevieve Germain, host of True Crime Real Time. Join me on a bi-weekly dive into the lives of the missing and murdered. Available wherever you listen to your podcasts. You'll never know who else you'll meet along the way. On the night of November 6, 1993, 31-year-old Anthony Hussey of Akron, Ohio, and 32-year-old Lisa Waters of Kent, Ohio, were drinking a few beers near their car at the Berlin Lake Wildlife Area in Deerfield Township, Ohio. While enjoying the cold yet peaceful night, a bullet would pierce the heart of Anthony, killing him instantly. Another bullet would pierce Lisa's left lung. She would also die instantly. From the south shore of Lake Erie, this is Great Lakes True Crime. Berlin Lake Wildlife Area is an 8,500-acre hunting and fishing reserve managed by the Ohio Department of Natural Resources. It's located in a rural part of northeast Ohio between Akron and Youngstown. One of the primary attractions of the wildlife area 
is the 3,500-acre Berlin Lake, which is actually a reservoir that was authorized to be constructed in 1938 to provide flood control and a water supply for industry downstream. The project was managed by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, and construction began in 1944. In 1946, the Department of Natural Resources was granted a license for fish and wildlife management in the area, and the state of Ohio began additional land acquisition in 1956 for public hunting. The state has managed hunting and fishing activities in the area ever since. Berlin Lake is a popular spot for fishing, with walleye, bass, and crappie being the most popular types caught. Several boat launches are provided for anglers, and private companies provide for boat rentals and charters on the lake. Back to Anthony and Lisa. The morning following the murders, November 7, 1993, two hunters found the bodies on a small beach at the edge of the lake and called police just before 8.30 a.m. Several beer cans were found at the scene, which also included a fire ring, and Anthony's car was located on a nearby dirt road. The two were apparently simply enjoying a relaxing evening at the lake when they were shot. Small game hunting season had started the day before the murders, so it seemed that the deaths could have been the result of a terrible hunting accident. It certainly wouldn't be the first tragic hunting accident. But the bodies were taken to the Portage County coroner, and a hunting accident was ruled out. The deaths were determined to be a double homicide. Anthony was found sprawled on his back and appeared to have been shot while either sitting or standing. Footprints from Lisa were found at the scene, leading investigators to surmise that she had been running away when she was shot, running for her life, which is why a hunting accident was ruled out. Her lifeless body was found face down about 15 feet from Anthony. The coroner estimated that the pair had been dead at least six hours before their bodies were discovered. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Dwayne Cayley, the Portage County Sheriff at the time, added that the shots had been fired by someone with a high-powered rifle who was a good shot and may have known the victims. The shooter was also aided by the fact that it was hunting season, so the sound of gunshots was not unusual at this time of year. It may have allowed him to sneak away without suspicion. An autopsy was conducted by the coroner, and the results of the autopsy were used by Portage County Sheriff's deputies to trace the trajectory of the bullets. They concluded that the couple was shot by someone up on a 40-foot-high bluff over the lake. Neither a motive nor a suspect were immediately identified. Tragically, Anthony's father, Gordon Hussey, was a lieutenant for the sheriff's department at the time the murders were being investigated. Lieutenant Hussey passed away in 2003. Several suspects have been looked into and questioned over the years, but sadly the case remains unsolved. 
Anyone with information on the murders of Anthony Hussey and Lisa Waters are urged to call the Portage County Sheriff's Office at 330-296-5100. Any bit of information would be helpful. But that's not the end of the Berlin Lake murder story. Sarah Ray Bohm was 14 when she left her home in Rochester Township, Pennsylvania on July 14, 1994. Rochester is located northwest of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania and southeast of Youngstown, Ohio. In November of that same year, her body was found by hunters at the Berlin Lake Wildlife Area. The body was not immediately identified as Sarah, however. In fact, she was considered a Jane Doe until nine years later when Beaver County Detective Kim Clements searched the National Jane Doe Network and figured out that the hunters had discovered Sarah's remains. Ten years after Sarah's disappearance, and only a year after her body was identified, the case was highlighted at a cold case symposium hosted by Duquesne University in Pittsburgh. It was asserted that the investigation was mishandled by authorities from the beginning. According to Andrew Gall, then with the Beaver County District Attorney's Office, attempts to solve the murder were impeded by poor police work, big egos, false reports, and a lack of communication among agencies. The night that Sarah left home, and it isn't clear if she ran away, was enticed away, or outright abducted, Sarah had her mother's permission to walk to a friend's house for a sleepover, on the condition that her older brother watched Sarah make the walk over to the house. He didn't do that, though, as he said he was too involved with watching a movie. So it isn't known what happened to Sarah after she walked out the front door. On top of that, it turns out Sarah's story was false. Her friend didn't know anything about a sleepover. Police discovered that Sarah may have been involved with an older man, and that man may have been abusive to her. This was all seemingly uncharacteristic behavior for Sarah, who was a high school freshman cheerleader and band member who had very good grades and was not a troublemaker of any sort. In any case, Sarah's mother reported her missing to Rochester Township Police the next day, which was July 15, 1994. Police initially seemed concerned and questioned the family at length. They also did some other investigation, but came up empty. The investigation took an odd turn when several days later, after Sarah disappeared, her uncle produced a letter he allegedly found under Sarah's bedroom pillow. The letter was written in five different types of ink. I'm going to read the text of the letter, which was printed in the Beaver County Times. It's quite lengthy, so bear with me. Here it is. Quote, I've always said the day I walk out the door is the day I'll never return. I've thought everything over, and it is best I leave. I'm just a burden. I create problems. I've already learned you don't have time for me and that you don't care. I've been forced to grow up in ways you don't realize. When my brother and my mother went crazy, everybody forgot about me. This left me vulnerable. I met a guy who gave me love and whatever else I was not getting at home. He was a very, very abusive man. Didn't anyone wonder why I always had injuries and said I fell? 
Anyway, I was never good enough, so I quit eating. That's why I was passing out. But again, everybody couldn't see that. I've learned to live on my own. I'm very independent. I did what I had to do to live. Now I'll really be on my own. Don't worry, I'll survive. Maybe I'll even be a cardiologist or a musician. Who knows? The law is that parents have custody of their kids until they turn 18. I may be only 14 years old on the outside, but I'm 25 on the inside. I know how to take care of myself. Hell, I've been doing it for years now. I'm pretty good at it, too. I don't want to hurt anyone. If I do, I'm sorry. Really, I am. I have a better chance of surviving on my own out in the world than I do here in Rochester, Pennsylvania. Remember, it is nobody's fault. I was not forced to leave. If I stayed, however, I'd be miserable. If I left, I'd be happy. I don't want anyone to worry. I promise I'll be fine. If I realize I can't do it on my own, I'll come back home, if they'll have me. But I'm pretty confident I'll be okay. I don't mind you don't love me, but please don't hate me. Please don't try to find me, because you won't find me. By the time you read this note, I'll be gone. Maybe to D.C. or New York City. I haven't decided yet. Maybe I'll be a musician or a cardiologist. They're both big cities, so you won't be able to find me. This is for all the best. Wish me luck and say a prayer for me, okay? I'm sorry, Sarah Ray Boehm. End quote. That's the end of the letter. I don't know that it's ever been established that Sarah actually wrote this letter. A Reddit user named Persimmon Pluot, I'm not sure if that's the correct pronunciation, but anyways, that user pointed out the fact that her family is addressed as you early in the letter, but then later referred to as they. It's very odd to write a letter to your parents and family and refer to them in the third person in parts of the letter. Despite all these facts, the Rochester Township Police Force concluded at the time that Sarah had simply run away, so they didn't enter her disappearance into the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children database, and the case remained cold without much investigation, if any. Remember, although Sarah's body had technically been discovered at Berlin Lake later that year, nobody knew it was her. Now the story gets weirder. Six years after Sarah's disappearance and murder, in a totally unrelated case, Sarah's father confessed to Mr. Gall about sexually assaulting a girl less than 13 years old. It doesn't seem that Sarah's father lived with her when the disappearance occurred. But this, coupled with the fact that an uncle mysteriously found a letter days later, are major red flags. Certainly the police have looked into this but apparently no arrests were made. Sarah's father died in February 2016. He was a registered sex offender. In sorting through that sick and disgusting case involving Sarah's dad, Mr. Gall was alerted to the fact that Sarah was still missing. He then went to Rochester Township Police to discuss Sarah's case. That's when Sarah was finally reported missing to the National Center database, and a task force was set up to investigate. Throughout the years, there were various reports 
of sightings of Sarah, including one by her twin cousins, but of course none of those sightings were confirmed. Still, that led police to mistakenly believe Sarah was alive, which caused more problems down the road. In 1998, a Portage County Sheriff's detective contacted Rochester Township Police about the remains of a girl discovered in 1994 by a hunter, thinking it could potentially be Sarah. Rochester Police said it couldn't be Sarah because she had been seen alive. It took until April 2001 for that mistake to be discovered, after a Beaver County detective thought a facial composite put out by the Doe Network was a match for Sarah, and contacted the Portage County Sheriff about it. DNA samples were taken from the remains in Ohio, and Sarah's mother submitted her own DNA for comparison by the FBI. But the results of that comparison were significantly delayed due to the September 11th terrorist attacks. It took until May 2003 for a positive match to finally be confirmed, almost nine years after her remains were discovered. Sarah's family held her funeral in 2006, finally laying her to rest. Not surprisingly, with all these delays and complications with the case, Sarah's murder has not been solved. If you have any information on the disappearance of Sarah Ray Bohm, please call the FBI office in Cleveland at 216-522-1400 or the Pittsburgh FBI office at 412 412- Four three two, four thousand. But the Berlin Lake murders didn't end with Anthony, Lisa, and Sarah. On August twenty fifth, nineteen ninety four, just days after Sarah went missing, seventeen year old Catherine Menendez of nearby Alliance, Ohio, was found dead off an oil well access road right by the Berlin Lake Wildlife Area. Her naked, lifeless body was found only 800 yards away from where Sarah's body had been found. She had been reported as a runaway five days before her body was discovered, and it's believed that she had been murdered approximately 24 to 48 hours before she was discovered. Investigators have also stated that Kathy was not murdered where she was found, but she was probably killed in her hometown of Alliance. Not many additional details are known about Kathy's murder, but authorities believe her murder and the murder of Sarah may be connected. They're calling the investigations parallel, but not necessarily coinciding. In November 2015, the FBI conducted a new search of the area, hoping to find more clues using modern investigative tools and techniques. That search, however, appears to not have yielded much evidence, if any. If you know of any details that could assist with the murder of Kathy Menendez, please call the Alliance Police Department at 330-821-9140 or the Cleveland FBI office at 216-522-1400. Tips related to any of these cases can remain anonymous, and reward money may be available for information leading to a suspect's identification. You've been listening to Great Lakes True Crime. As always, your help with giving positive reviews of the show is greatly appreciated. And if you like the show, please follow us on Twitter or Facebook. Just search for Great Lakes True Crime. 
We also have a new Patreon page up now. If you're inclined to help us out by pledging a dollar or more a month, your help would be greatly appreciated. Thanks for listening, guys.